0: Welcome to Storytelling with Lindsay Bednar. Yeah, so I want to hear all about what it is that you're up to, because when we first connected, I know you were you had launched your own business. Yeah. Um, now you're doing frequency work. So like, I want to hear the story of how all of that unraveled, because I know that it's powerful and I, I can't wait for you to share it.
1: Cool. I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> so awesome. Okay,
0: so um are we recording? How does this work? Like we're, yeah, we're we're, okay. we're
1: on storytelling.
0: So, storytelling. Yeah, storytelling. Yeah. I so I don't do a big intro. When I first started, some of the feedback was I got was like, oh yeah, like I a lot of the podcasts I listen to, they like do a setup and everything. And yeah. the my favorite podcasts are the ones that are like a conversation and it like picks up organically and I, when I used to have to interview for jobs and sit there with like canned questions, my heart rate would go up. I would feel like nervous and
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: It just always felt super foreign to me. But having a conversation is like the easiest thing. And, you know, I mean, we'll see. Once I get, I'm in the process of assembling a team and I want to do more of like really highlighting my guests on social media. And so, there will be probably some of that, but yeah, I mean, it's totally a conversation.
1: It's cool because I, I mean, I listened to a few of the episodes and I think it's like, once you just, you know, you just read the little bio or that is within the description of the podcast and you're like, okay, I have an idea of who this person is, but I'm about to find out that's why I'm listening. So right. then the person gets to unfold themselves instead of just being like aired out and then having to prove themselves to whatever points, you know, Right. Been well, been that's
0: right. the, thing too, because I feel like it puts us into a box and we're so much more than that. So having that conversation, just allowing people to get to know who my guests are, that's, that's what I want to do.
1: Well, it's cool to have it that casual way. And it also feels more casual, I think for recording, because it's like, I had a girlfriend of mine say to me, oh, okay, well, I've been on a podcast. And first, you know, they ask you, they tell you all the questions they're going to ask you. And then they tell you to be like a certain way in terms of your response. And it's just like, I, I was like, you know, I, I'm not sure if that's how it's going to be, but I'm just kind of open to whatever is going to come. And like, this is the perfect modality for how, you know, relaxed and casual I want to be when it comes to expression. So,
0: hey, okay, perfect.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so cool.
0: So, you just get to tell us all about you and from whatever point in your journey where you felt like there was that shift and put you on a new trajectory. Okay. Uh, if you want to start there or even back further.
1: Yeah. So, I, I feel like there's almost like a preface to that point. And the preface begins when out of college, I worked as I got hired uh, doing like working at, at a like luxury leasing apartments. So I was doing that and my dad works in, what is it called? Investment banking. And he does funding for like big apartment projects. And so he got me a job right away. I got hired there. I was working with this team of girls and it was really like fast paced and beautiful. We were working really with really cool clients. But after a year of doing that, I was missing the creative piece, which had always been such a big part of who I was. And I was like, what am I doing? You know, I was meeting with these people who had incredible and awesome jobs. And um, I was like, I want to do that too. Why am I sitting here? So it kind of took me a year to be like, all right, I'm just out of college. What am I doing? What's next for me? And then um, I decided that I was going to save up a bunch of money and just quit the job and follow and pursue something that was going to jive with me and something where I could be creative every day. And I needed to make a creative career for myself because I didn't know exactly where it was that I fit in. I had taken creative writing classes, photography classes. I always dreamed about making films but I didn't have, I didn't go to school for art. I went to school for communication and, you know, I'm definitely a communicator. I love to speak and I love to talk to people and connect with people, but I didn't study any of the things that I ended up doing and the things that were really of interest to me and all of that, you know, ultimately has to do with the limitations and social expectations and things like that. So, yeah, so I ended up quitting this job and I was uh, already with my now husband at the time and he was always extremely supportive of, me following my gut and me following my dreams and he's a uh, professional skateboarder so it's sort of like he had already done that so i came up with the perfect partner or found the perfect partner he found me i found him because he had already had so, so much experience with kind of going against the grain when it came to creating a career that was totally tailored to what he loved and what he wanted to do with his life
0: yeah so i didn't know he was a professional skateboarder
1: Yeah. So he moved out from Wisconsin to California in 2000 and he had big dreams. Like he started skateboarding when he was 12 years old and his dad, like total practical Midwestern dad was like, all right, you know, what are you going to do with this? What's your plan? And he was like 12 and he's like, I don't know. And I apparently like a couple months later, he came back to his dad and was like, all right, here's my plan. This is how I'm going to become a professional skateboarder. And then he ended up living it out and moving to California at 18, meeting the meeting the, the person that he wanted to sponsor him and get, giving, giving him the video that he'd been filming for six years um, of himself skateboarding over and over. And then he ended up getting the sponsorships and traveling all over the world for skateboarding.
0: Wow, that is so cool. At 12 years old. I mean... Yeah. I think a lot of us have big dreams at 12 years old, but very few of us have any, any idea of the application and how to start on, you know. On well, one. And,
1: yeah. And I think that to um, kind of circle it in with what I believe is past lives is that, you know, he came in with some tools from his past life that mm. helped him to know how to navigate and how to create a career. So the likelihood of him Having had a really successful career in his last life, he came into this embodiment already knowing how to do that. So he's the type of person that can look at something and then go, you know, inward, think about it, reflect on it, and do research and figure out how to do anything. And I really believe that that's a gift that came from his past embodiments. And now, you know, at 12, he was able to really apply that. I mean, that's there's, cool. there's no, other, uh, no other explanation, really, because it's like you right. have at 12 years old, so...
0: Right. He's an old soul. That's amazing.
1: For sure. So I had the encouragement of John, I quit the job at the leasing place. And I was kind of, I want to say I was like, wrung out and dry in terms of inspiration, because I had just been working in a, an environment that really didn't feed me. And so I was more or less depressed. And um, I was like, you know, I really want to find a, a therapist. And I had been in therapy for years, but I had I started when I was like about 19 in therapy. And at this point, I think I was probably 24. And um, I wanted to find an art therapist. And so the uh, art therapist that I called, I was living in San Diego at the time, she um, called me back and she was like, hey, I'm not doing art therapy anymore, but I can suggest this woman who holds these expressive arts groups through and using the book, The Artist's Way. If you're interested, like, I'll give you her contact. So she gives me the contact for this woman and I call her. She's like, Hey, there's a group starting in two weeks. If you want to start with us, like we're going to be doing the artist way. It'll be great. So I go into this group and this is where everything began to change for me because I was right before my 25th birthday and I was the youngest person by at least 25 years in the group. And, um, I was really, really fortunate to come into an understanding of uh, the depth of my soul, the yearning that I had for expressing myself and realizing that those two, the soul or spirit and the creative expression are so beautifully intertwined. So that really came to life during those nine weeks that I joined that course. And after the, the course of the nine weeks, I was just like, understood so much about how to value myself and how to kind of notice the different ways in which the universe was talking to me thing is though, that even with those, you know, beginning like kindergarten lessons per se, I got the enough inspiration from that time to start writing a novel. So bought myself a new computer and that was part of the the artist way. It's like, start valuing yourself as an artist, purchase the things that you need invest in yourself, invest in the tools, and so one of the first things I did when we started the book was I went and bought myself a new laptop, and I was like, all right, I'm going to write this novel. I'm going to figure out what it is, so I spent two years writing a novel, and it was a fictional novel regarding or about a, it was a fictitious island that I came up with in Hawaii, and it was about these two best friends that uh, they leave for school or for college, and then they come at come back home for the summer before they're going to start real life. And they kind of realize that they've outgrown each other and changed so much. And it's really reflective of where I was in my own life at that time. And so so I finished the novel. It was, I don't know, I think 73,000 words or something. And, and then I was ready to start pitching. So I start writing out to agents and 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 agents. And, um, (laughs) You know, I'm getting getting the emails back. Not not at this time. We're not interested. And I know about a writer's conference that is coming up in San Diego. And at the time, actually, John and I had moved to Wisconsin as our base. Um, we got married here in 2014, bought this house where we live now. And um, John started working for his uncle, who owns a construction company or that builds restaurants and uh, commercial construction and contracting. And um, he was doing that as a way to kind of transition from skateboarding into something new. And so I was traveling with him because the jobs weren't in Wisconsin. We were in Pennsylvania or in Florida and we were kind of traveling all over and I was just writing at the time. So my parents were still in San Diego. So I kind of still had a base there. So I was like, I'll go to this writer's conference. And I go there, I make an appointment with the the most agents that you can make an appointment with was five agents to pitch your book to and I get there and they're seating everybody based on genre. And my genre was new adult. And I get there and there's no new adult table and there's nobody else there, a new adult. And they say, oh, new adult is dead. Like you're you're not gonna, you know, and I heard that o- over and over and over from every person that I pitched to, like there's no audience for your book. There's no audience for your story. Like. Sorry, you know, and then I, I did have one person request more pages, so that was kind of a win. But I, I sort of left that experience with like my wings clipped a little bit. And I was so so excited by the time I finished the the novel. Like I went to Kinkos and like you know probably paid like over a hundred dollars to just get everything printed out, and I bound it and everything. And I was just like, oh my god, I wrote this whole book. This is so cool. Yeah. And then, you know, within three months of that moment. I was just so shunned, shattered and feeling really, really ashamed for all of that time and energy that I had put into something that I thought was uh, really magical.
0: It's very deating.
1: It is and it's it's as a creative, it can be very wounding to face that kind of uh, rejection. but well, the, the other I, I can't, can't get to the the turn of the story yet because what ended up happening soon after I went to that conference was I started having a lot of mysterious health issues. So that was in 2016. I went to the conference at the end of January, and by about March, I was getting really really sick. So I contracted a thing called H. pylori, which is like this horrible disease that eats at your stomach lining, and it comes from I ate at a hole-in-the-wall hole place um, on a cold day in Philadelphia, and it was just kind of like I got really, really sick from it. And uh, from that, that sparked even more illness. So I started to become really anemic, lose a lot of weight. I was starting to have fevers every single night at 9 p.m., like clockwork. And uh, within four or five months of that, I had been going to the doctor every you know, three weeks. They had no idea what was wrong with me. They thought I had internal brute internal bleeding or a uh, parasite or something. And eventually, by the time we get to uh, August, September, I was diagnosed with cancer. So I was already feeling so depressed regarding the book and all of that and how that was just making me feel like I had no reason to like, continue to express myself. So it's so interesting that I almost created, um, because now I fully believe that we create our own reality. I kind of created this out for myself that was like, I don't want to do this anymore and I'm done. And I like took the life from myself because I went through such a difficult period of rejection, more or less.
0: Mm. Wow. Wow. So when you were diagnosed with cancer, what what did that journey put you on? Because I know now, you know, as you're speaking to you're, you're deep into frequency work and, and doing that for others. So yes. is was that like a something you got into right away or was that more of a slow burn you started to understand?
1: So it was really cool because on the, I I knew there was something wrong with me for the months that, and months that were going on. And I was seeing the doctors and I, I had the opportunity while I was going through this creative disarray. I was also experiencing this first time to step into really having to advocate for myself and calling doctors and being like, there's something more wrong. You need to do more you need to run more tests something's really going on with me and i really wasn't being heard and so that moment where they showed me the scan in the room and it was completely lit up with red you know cancer um i was like i i swear i stood up and i was like yes oh my gosh it was like this insane validation of my intuition and my knowingness and my connection to myself that i i Every, I experienced everything and all of my confidence within that moment for the first time in a very, very, very long time. And um, the first thing I said after the doctor walked out of the room, I was with my husband and my mom and dad, and I just turned to them and I said, Let's go get some ice cream. Like, you know, and we went and got ice cream. My brother met us and we sat there, and I'm like, All right, we're going to get through this. And like, I was just, I knew that I was going to be okay. I had no doubt that. This was just something to shake me up. And it was almost like all of that information that I had been absorbing that was more on the metaphysical level was just making you realize like, whoa, I just got really shaken in order to awaken to this new place of uh, realizing that I can create a different experience and and that I can say no to having to go through uh, something really difficult although, you know, I did go through chemo and everything for eight months. And I think that that was part of my journey too to have to go through the ins and outs of being sick and knowing what it feels like to really, like feel like an elder, like you feel really, really elderly after you do chemo and you feel really weak. Mm -hmm. And uh, throughout periodically throughout that time, I would have these really beautiful experiences with myself of dreaming and a knowingness that I could feel and sense energy and that I could do anything more or less. And so um, it was kind of like, I, like my family would laugh at me because I would say, okay, well, when I get done, I'm going to be a singer. And I'm going to, you guys are going to see me on a stage. I'm going to start to play instruments. I'm going to be a painter. I'm going to do all of these things. And they're just like, okay, you know, one thing at a time. And I'm like, no, I can do anything. It's unlimited, you know? And, everybody's kind of looking at you like, oh, this is sweet, whatever, whatever dream, you know, she goes forward with, she's going to do great. We'll support her. But I'm kind of in this point now where I'm actually doing a lot of the things that I always wanted to do. And it's like, there is really no limitation. And so as I was going through the chemo stuff and spreading, you know, my mind to its complete unlimitation, you know, I was just daydreaming about everything that was possible. I was asked the question which is you know if you if you could what would you do with your life for the rest of your life and at the time my dream was to start a greeting card company and I had been a doodler forever I had tons and tons of sketchbooks and journals with drawings and stuff and I had never done anything with them and my husband had been encouraging me for years when Etsy came out and he's like oh you should make an Etsy like why not just try it and I just, I wasn't at the point where I really believed in myself. And so I never did. And then this kind of gave me the opportunity and the pause in life to start uh, figuring out exactly how to put that all together. And I was very lucky because I uh, used to buy tons of stationery. I was like a, I would always go to paper goods and buy a bunch of, or sorry, paper source. And I would go and buy a bunch of greeting cards and send them out to friends and stuff. And I love to make cards too, but I love to support the, um, Stationary industry in general, and one of the greeting card companies that I loved was called Good Juju Inc. They're still around, and I reached out to them with an email, and I was like, "Hey, like, I'm I'm thinking about starting a greeting card company. Do you guys have any tips for me?" And they were so kind. They took two hours out of their day, and like, just the husband and wife team that run the company, they had a call with me and told me the ins and outs of the business and everything I needed to know. And I would say. A year later, a little less than a year later, I was in New York City, like, putting up a booth at a trade show, and I had 35 designs, and so I did it. You know, I, I, the, the first few months after chemo were probably the hardest months ever of my life because I felt so weak, and I felt really disconnected from that dream because you're just so physically tired, but the cool thing was that I... <sighs> I had a lot of alone time and I'm a big journaler and I always have been. So I had a lot of downtime to self-reflect and I started to realize this pattern about myself that I know, which is that when my, when my journal entries start to get too like boohoo me and like over and over and over telling me the same like sad sob story, there's something that needs to change there. So I had seen a brand new organic smoothie shop that was opening in me and my husband's neighborhood, and I decided to go over there and I went to, I went knocked on the on the window while well before they were opening. And I was like, Hey, do you guys need anybody to work here? I just got done with chemo for Hodgkin's lymphoma, but you know, will you, will you hire me? And she was like, the woman like kind of had her jaw on the floor. She was like, one of my best friends had Hodgkin's when she was your age. Yes, I will hire you definitely. And I showed up there every day at 7am and I got got done at three and it was the hardest thing because I had to be on my feet all day after being basically like in bed for a year at that point. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the biggest shifts was starting to show up for myself and knowing that like even though it was so hard to get up the, you know day after day I wasn't working full- time, it was like three days a week or something. but just to know that I had to get up and the hardest part was at the end of every day she would say, all right, the mop's right there. I'd have to mop the whole entire place and I was already so tired by the time it was 3 p.m because I had worked all day and it was like all right the hardest part was getting that mop going and mopping the entire shop and Mm -hmm. that mopping experience it really really changed my physicality and it drove me to become strong and become a healthy person again. So all during this time, I was learning how to meditate. So I was practicing meditation and that came to me in the beginning of my cancer diagnosis. I had um, a beautiful soul that I met at a wedding the year before. And um, she's a yoga instructor in Canada. And she found out that I was sick and we, we didn't know each other very well, but she found out that I was sick and she created a personalized yoga practice and meditation for me that I could watch. So I started watching it and I started uh, delving in a little bit more to meditation. And when I would go and get my chemo treatments, I would just sit in meditation. I don't think I was really listening to anything. I was just kind of using essential oils and really, really feeling into my body and sitting there and meditating as I was receiving the chemo. And then I also found out about a foundation that provides yoga and retreats and stuff for cancer patients and survivors in San Diego. And so I started going to their classes and they invited me to a retreat that was at the Chopra Center in La Costa. And I got to go there and they gave me a personalized mantra and a brand new Lululemon yoga mat. And we got to just, you know, be pampered among, you know, there was another hundred people there that weren't cancer survivors, but we got sponsored to go there. And I still remember one of the most significant moments of my journey was I kept going up that that weekend, I kept going up to the owner of the foundation or the founder of the foundation. I was like, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you so much, like, this is awesome. And she just kind of touched my shoulder and she said, babe, you really need to get better at receiving. And that was a huge moment for me to just pause and be like, it's okay. For good things to happen to me and yeah. for me to be taken care of and pampered in this way even if I'm not you know paying my own way or giving something in return
0: mm-hmm. well I'm, yeah I'm sure you are giving so much in return that you don't even probably realize right you're uh, right yeah you're just just being you and your energy there's so much in there you know when you were talking about that shift and in, in your mindset and you said you were you were given that pause which I think so many of us can relate to with 2020 and everything shutting down and giving us pause to really reprioritize and go inward and having stillness was there something else that kind of caused this mind shift or was it more about getting that diagnosis because the, the more I'm learning about when people get something that could really give them a glimpse of like how finite life is, is that it allows them to let go of so many of their fears and the the petty things that we all hang on to. Yeah. So was that the shift for you?
1: I would say the shift was definitely the diagnosis. I mean, that moment and that set of moments within a week that I got diagnosed, it was just a couple of days before my birthday that I got the diagnosis and had to do the surgery to remove Uh, some of the tumors and stuff. And it was like, yeah, it was definitely that moment that it clicked me in that said, I'm here for a reason. I'm not giving up. And this is my choice and I get to shift this in any way that I so choose. Mm -hmm. And it was also so interesting during the time joining different cancer support groups, talking to other people who had cancer at the time. And I felt really, really low many times when i walked out of those groups and i decided not to return after one or two meetings and it was just like this isn't for me i'm like i am not going to stay in this mindset that is going to perpetuate this like i need to get out of this i need to start feeling healthier and you know choose the the vibration that i really want to resonate at and um so as this is all happening i also found this incredible therapist who was doing emdr therapy with me so it was really a blessing because I was able to not store a lot of that trauma in my somatic and, you know, um, emotional body, uh, because as I was going through so much stress, I was releasing that stress two to three times a week in therapy. So, um, that was extremely helpful as well as processing, you know, any old baggage. So I would say that that was a huge clearing for me, um, in terms of, Energy-wise and really emotion-wise, um, to kind of get things cleared as as they as it was happening. And then about a year after after I was done with chemo and just after I had launched the brand, I was in with my therapist and I had started, I had started getting these uh pings or signs from the universe. And I remember one day I kept seeing fives everywhere. I kept seeing the number five everywhere. And I said to my therapist, I'm like, I go in, you know, a couple of days later, I was like, I kept seeing fives everywhere. It's like five, 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 everything. And then I purchased something and like my total was 555 or whatever. And then I decided to go, I had stopped to get gas. So I decided to go in and like buy a scratcher and I bought the number. I looked at the number five scratcher in the thing. I never buy scratchers, but it was in the thing. And guess what? It was number five on five, you know? Like it was like a number five themed um, scratcher, so I do that. I buy the buy the scratcher. I scratch it, and guess what? I won. I actually won fifteen dollars. And I I told my therapist, and she's like, you know, I would really really invite you to be more curious about what just happened there, and I would invite you to open up a little bit more and see how that is really speaking to you. And so that was sort of my initiation into realizing that i already was speaking the language of the universe i just didn't really realize it and so a year after that i had started going to kundalini yoga in san diego and i went to this fantastic class in which i saw this vibrant soul uh, teaching this class and i went up to her right afterwards and i said hey you know what do you do what's your secret she was just so fit and vital and so happy and she's like oh i do frequency work and So I found out about frequency work right away, got a session, um, which basically looks like a guided meditation, in which uh, what we call frequency distortions, or I like to call them kind of like energy knots, they're cleared. And uh, I got really excited about it. And then that yoga teacher friend and I, we, she was, she had a huge network of people that were doing frequency work and interested in frequency work. And I helped her to put on a retreat in San Diego. And that was the following. I met her in August and by February we were hosting a retreat and then COVID was really hitting its lockdown in March. And then I was in lockdown and it was kind of a cool time to be in lockdown because uh, as a very social person, I always had a full social calendar going out to lunch all the time and just seeing friends and having the business. I was stopping in the shops and giving samples and just doing pop-ups and all of these different things. And so it was kind of the first time that there was this big pause and I, I really didn't believe it when it happened, but it was really this invitation for me to deep dive on frequency work. And so uh, it was then at this time that I found out about Karen Chong, who has a, the um, podcast mastering your world through frequencies uh-huh. and I look on Karen's website. And she has this alphabetical list, A to Z of, um, basically meditations that will help you to clear your distortion patterns. And I right away bought three of them. And I was like, Oh, yep, these are the three that I need. And I listened to all three of them in within three weeks. And I really worked on understand I, I really had a really clear understanding when I learned about frequency work of how to clear the distortion pattern. So I'm not sure that that's something that happens with everybody. But basically, um, after those three weeks, I decided to book a session with Karen and Karen helped to clarify a lot of the distortion patterns that were keeping me from really realizing and seeing that I could as well clear distortion patterns for myself and It took me a, a little while, probably a year, almost two years, until I was like, okay i can I'm ready to do this for other people, but ultimately, I had that first session, and then, within a month, I had gone into a long kind of like ego death. I wouldn't even say ego death because the, de- the ego is always there, but it was sort of like I chose to identify these different um, 16 different aspects of my own identity. And I decided to go into a meditation and release and relinquish and let go of my attachment to all of these identities that I had. So uh, when I did that in this long meditation, I realized that I could read the field of infinite information and infinite knowingness. And it was after coming out of that that I had a complete and utter knowingness that everything that had happened to me in the past had happened for a reason and that it was completely connected and I was completely connected to everyone else. And there was absolutely no accidents in the way that everything unfolds.
0: Wow, hearing your story and knowing that, that just the way that you speak about all of this happened for a reason for the average person going through anything like a cancer, anything that's incredibly difficult um that's a really tough pill to swallow and you know i'm I'm such a believer in energy and how we are the creators of our reality and You know, there's also free will and there's things that happen. But when you make that shift, uh, the amount of empowerment that you feel and that you are, you know, you are responsible for the things that happen to you. And so even if it feels like or for a lot of people, if it sounds like um, yeah, no, that's not fair. These things are things happen to us all the time, which I completely appreciate, but it's such an empowering take on how we are in charge of our life. So I would just invite everyone who's listening to just pause and and realize that like we in your situation, you have two choices where like you were saying, you were going to these groups. It was a kind of a woe is me mentality and and you felt like you had to get out of that. And so you know what were the things that you found the most beneficial in those early stages? It sound like for you it was pretty like immediate, like okay, I'm gonna get through this, and that was your mindset. But for anybody else in those shoes, what are some of those things?
1: Okay, well, I mean, it's it's like I I I had these like it, it's almost like the the blinds were still down even though they were open. You know, I still had those little blocks, and I still had to learn how to work with myself because I was going in these ups and downs or you know if you're looking at the blind you have these different layers that are there that are I wasn't seeing the full picture but I knew that there was full on light on the other side and so what that looked like for me and something that I still work through a lot is getting out of my own way and so seeing myself within that you know all of those woe is me kind of like mentality it's like that's something that I still struggle struggle with to get through and go through and I started to notice and really listen to the environment and also what I was saying. I started to recognize that my words really, really have power and that my my like my journal entries had power. And I would go back and look at my journal entries from a few weeks. And if I, I started to really take in the information and actually start to listen and to process what it was from one week to the next, if I, if I wasn't changing, I started to realize that like, I was the only person that was really, I started to really take responsibility. And so two years after I finished chemo, I was on my 31st birthday, I made the resolution to become my own coach and to learn how to do everything that it was that I used to hire people to do. So I learned how to give myself a really, really good manicure and pedicure. I was like, all right, every, and it, that was the first thing that I, I said. I'm mm-hmm. like, I, make my nails look really nice, just myself. Cause I mean, my whole life I had been going out and getting my nails done. And now I was like, all right, I'm gonna figure out how to do this DIY. And then, you know, style my hair really well. And it kind of started with these more superficial things, but then it was like, okay, I wanna, you know, become a personal trainer for myself. And I mean, I wasn't like top tier athlete, but I was, you know, getting myself in better shape by just realizing that I could muster and pull this motivation from within to better myself and that, that nobody else was really going to do it for me. And ultimately I was the the only person that it really mattered whether I was inspired or not was just, it was coming from within.
0: Mm, I love that. Yeah. I, one of the things that I think are the most transformational for people is to start doing things that are out of your comfort zone that scare you a little bit, or you're not particularly good at, because once you start feeling more comfortable doing those things or getting skills in those things, your confidence just builds up a little bit more, a little bit more. And then all of a sudden you just start to feel like I can tackle anything that comes my way. If I just know it's going to be a learning curve in the beginning, it might be a little uncomfortable. And like you said, you can take, you can start with something super simple But when you keep that process over and over again, then the things that you take on just grow. That's so cool.
1: Yeah. I mean, I remember when I was really going through that, my husband was, I would like, you know, cry or have a breakdown. Like, I'm tired. I just want, you know, I just want this business to be booming. And I just want this to be, you know, all the, what I want that is not happening right now. And it's like, he would say to me, you're building moral fiber. And I'm like, I don't want moral fiber. Like, I want to be strong. I want to be ripped already. Like, come on you know, and it's just like, there's something about that process. You don't notice it when it's happening day by day, but you like, when you look back in the rear view mirror, six months, like you really see, Oh, I have made progress. Oh, things do look different because I kept showing up for myself and learning how to do that. It's something that I'm still in the process of swimming through that. But I am so fascinated by seeing that Uh, the shifts and change that really, really do occur when you decide to say, I'm going to make this dream happen in a different way. And I'm going to learn how to figure out how to do that. And it it really does take the support system, but it also takes a, what I would say a meditation practice is very, very helpful for that um, because it allows you to go and connect with yourself where it's like, you don't need anything to have a meditation practice. It's just a space where, the world kind of pauses and expands and you just get to connect with your body. And after being somebody who had um, such turmoil happening within my own body, I appreciate my body so much. And it's something that I celebrate every day, every you know, little thing that I'm able to do. It's like, it just, it makes me so happy that I can, you know, like digest food, you know, and I'm like alive to do that. It's just crazy.
0: That's so cool one of the most important things that I've learned is that our answers and the things that we're searching for are already within us. So as you talk about with meditation, it doesn't have to be anything necessarily fancy. It doesn't necessarily need to be guided. It's going inward and getting quiet enough to let those things come forward. And so what I love about anybody who has gone through um an illness or a diagnosis like yourself and and comes out with such a beautiful perspective is that they've really utilized that time to go inward and like search for what is it that i really want like who am i and what kind of life do i want to manifest going forward and again it comes back to like we we always, we can't control the things that happened to us necessarily. I mean, I know you're, you're have alluded to the fact that like you were a player in that process, but Mm -hmm. even if people come from the part of, or come from the standpoint of, we can't control what happens to us, but we can always control how we respond. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: It's so powerful. So I also want to hear about the work you're doing with your clients now? Because you have done frequency work with mentors. You've learned so much about it in the last several years. And so what does that look like now when you are working with uh, your clients?
1: Cool. So I'm so excited to be able to share this work with people because it's something that is so special to really get to witness ourselves. And so what I do is basically I have people come and i I do sessions either over the phone or in person here in Door County. And I'm working at the Pearl of Door County. And so there's a little room back there and people lay down and whenever it's on the phone, you know, you just get comfortable. And what it looks like is it's basically a guided meditation. And so I guide you to uh, connect fully to your physical body. And we do that through doing a little bit of expanding the breath and becoming aware of your surroundings and stuff. And then um, ultimately we're, when we're first getting started, we're kind of what I would say is like, I'm, you know, dusting things off, clearing things out that I can sense. So it's kind of weird when it happens. And um, I think it's one of those things, every time somebody comes in for a session, they're not really sure what it's going to be like. And by the end, they're like, Oh, that was like, totally cool. And how did you know all that stuff about me? But it's, it's so weird, because it's like, I just have this like intuitive ability where once I get into meditation with someone, it's sort of like we're riding the same ride, like of a dream, and I can access their energetic field. And the first things that come to the list, because what's happening is I'm working with someone else's higher self. And the first things that usually come to the list are, the main things that are blocking them. So, you know, if somebody has a a, um, low confidence issues or things like blocks around expressing themselves or being seen or public speaking or uh, nervousness or worries or a lot of fear around, you know, the world and stuff like that, I'm able to create a bubble of space and more um, expandedness around them so that they can kind of what it feels like to not be holding that baggage. And the awesome thing that I love, love, love about frequency work is that it's a tool for self-empowerment. So just as I said, I wanted to be my own coach. That is what we're doing or what I'm doing when I'm sharing frequency work with people is I'm letting them know that I just showed you what's possible and what it feels like to breathe again. And now here's this tool for, for you to make sure that you learn how to realize that this feeling of expandedness is what belongs to you and um, it's your job to say no I don't want that anymore and I'm not going to live this life that way or live yeah live life that way just which is it's such a reflection of the story that I just told when I got sick I got the diagnosis and I said no thank you I'm not going to live that way and guess what everything in my reality shifted based on my attitude in that way so When we have a energetic knot, a distortion, a frequency incongruency, a limited belief, a block, whatever you want to call it in whatever language or modality that you learned or known about any kind of energy work, we all know that we have our not so self, which is our self that is not so awesome yet and not so expanded yet and not so confident yet. That's our not so self. And that comes in and it blinds us to really seeing what's possible for us. But when you have a frequency work session, you're able to have space from all of that stuff that's not allowing you to fully see your great, magnificent ability to be awesome. And what happens with frequency work is after a session, those different distortions or filters, they come back. But guess what? Now that you know that they're there, you have the ability to start Ah, uh, clearing them out yourself by saying, "No, I don't want that. No, I don't want that." or if you don't feel that you can fully do it yourself, you just say, "Hey, I'm going get a, get another session and say, "Hey, can you help me work on this? what What is it that I need to do? And sometimes it's the behaviors that we're so um, used to doing that are in our routine that are perpetuating those blocks. so it's it's a cool thing because in the work that I do, there is a lot of, um, I would say, 30% of it is like processing. So afterwards, after something happens or comes up, somebody will ask me after a session and say, hey, you brought this up. How, how can I work with that? And I love to be able to talk out solutions because I find that that that, that, that is very, very helpful for anybody, anybody that's trying to make the shift.
0: hmm yeah, you just spoke to when you said you do these clearings, and a lot of times, and I don't know if you said it, it's every time or a lot of times people, those things will come back to people, which I, I've i done a Reiki session before. And one of the things that came up for me was rejection. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I can think of a million different instances in my life where that came forward, but it was definitely like a, a trapped trauma that I was releasing. And so she said, you might have some things come back to you in the form of rejection. And I was like, okay, here we go. Um, and a couple of weeks later, I had something that felt very significant and in, in work related. And at the time it was like, it, it hurt. It was, I went through all the emotions. And then once I allowed those emotions to pass, I was like, this actually isn't rejection. This is this is a point of pivot for me where I, I would not have taken this next step had I not had that happen. And it it completely, I was able to reframe the way that I I saw the situation happening where my old self would have just hung onto that rejection and I would have felt shame and all of these things. And, and actually it wound up being a gift. And so, yeah, just having that session and, and knowing that, OK, these things, it's not that they're necessarily going to stop coming forward because they they'll come forward. But you will now be able to recognize how you can shift away from accepting it as such a low vibrational thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So when when I have those happen, I, I go to that, you know, the cone of um, I can't remember what it's called, but the the very bottom of it is. Oh, the, yeah your shame and the top is like love acceptance. and power. Yeah. Um, so I always recognize like, okay, if I'm feeling one of those low feelings, like I, I'm going to feel it. I'm going to let it pass through me, but I can't stay there for very long. So how do I shift this to bring myself back up to those higher vibrational feelings? So it is, it, it's such a, it's such a shift and, um, yeah. What a gift that you're doing. Cool. Gonna-
1: I, I mean, speaking on what you're saying, it's like, it's, that's what working on yourself is, you know, it's, it's actually listening to yourself and letting yourself have that experience, but then being like, you know what, I'm going to hold myself accountable and say, we don't have to stay here for, you know, two weeks. It's like maybe a day, you know, you give yourself the time to go through your stuff, and the, the more and more you start to experience, or we all start to experience ourselves on a higher vibrational level, the less we really want to stay in those lower points. So mm-hmm. we might have, you know, for me, it's like I might have a day where it's really I really feel low and I'm processing something. And, you know, in frequency work, we detox. So it's basically that's, that's what it is when you're releasing and when you're changing. And when we start to see not even in frequency work, in life, when we start to see that we are being impacted almost negatively after something really positive just happened, we can start to see it as great information that, hey, this means that this is leaving. So this is only getting magnified because it's leaving my field and it's it doesn't need to be here anymore. But you at first go through it and you just have amnesia that like you just, you know, had a clearing, you know, a few days ago and all of a sudden you're, you're really feeling really like not confident and worried and self-conscious, or this, these are things that happened to me, you know, and I'll be like, I was just feeling so great, but now I feel like totally horrible, but it's like the light bulb starts to go off as you start to do that. And I think that to, to really signify and give one big takeaway from this talk is like what's the one piece of advice the one piece of advice is start listening to yourself and start noticing yourself and noticing you know our own behavior to recognize that like we're only emitting the frequency of what we're receiving so it's like if you keep emitting this frequency that's on the lower level start noticing that you're emitting that and then you're going to stop being so victim to it you're going to start realizing that you have the choice to emit something that's at a higher frequency. And when you do that more higher frequency, things are going to come into your life.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's kind of like that, uh, the story where, you know, you wake up, you stub your toe in the morning, and then the rest of the day, just everything starts to keep going on that wavelength. Cause if yeah. you can't get yourself out of uh, you know, just the, a simple thing like stubbing your toe, the, yeah. the, the, the pain, the, Then it can just keep snowballing for the rest of the day.
1: So one of the fun tools that I use, and this is actually a part of a new like book that I am writing, and um, it's basically like when something like stubbing your toe happens, you would say like "WTF," you know, what the heck? Like "WTF." So I broke that down into what's the function. So it's like, what's the function of me stubbing my toe? Or if it keeps snowballing and going forward, it's asking me to become present. It's asking me to notice what's going on in my body. Am I even, you know, every time I stub my toe, I'm always like way too in my head, running around with my head chopped off and not really realizing what's going on. And so it's like recognizing that there's a function to all of these things that happen to us and starting to listen to those signals that our body is giving us or our accidents are giving us, you know, and realizing like, wait, I can reframe this.
0: I love that. That's such a great reframe. What is your function? I want to be respectful of your time, but I can't let you go without asking you about your journey with nutrition too. Because having having gone through chemotherapy, uh, you know we know that does a number on our bodies, and you have been you're recently in my sister's detox. Uh, I see about foods that you're sharing. So what have you found as far as just healing through food? And now that you're so into frequency. Um, and just recognizing how everything has an energy. Can you speak to that?
1: Oh, it's so so fun because uh, one thing that I've noticed really as I've been doing frequency work is that people, as their resonance rises, they love to cook. So the people with higher frequency resonances are probably cooking or eating more at home than they are eating out. Because once we start to do that, we realize that we can pick and choose all of the things that are of a higher vibration and cleaner basically, and knowing what's going into our foods and that that makes such a big difference. So um, in 2020, my husband and I moved from San Diego to Wisconsin. We live in Sturgeon Bay, which is in Door County. And uh, here there's not a lot of, you know, going out to eat healthy options or wonderful options to go out and just get takeout or anything. And part of the reason that we decided to move here Um, and that I was really, really called to move here, I believe now that I'm here was so that I could practice and really implement that nutrition and DIY that I had put into so many aspects of my life so that I could do that in the kitchen. So um, I've always loved to cook. And I've been, you know, just getting better at it as I've been married for almost like nine years now. So I've been cooking, you know, every day for nine years, more or less. And I just recognize that when when we are here at home, we're eating at home six to seven days a week. We don't go out. I don't, you know, maybe I'll get a salad out somewhere, but it's really, you can tell the difference and cooking your own food, it takes a lot more effort, but it's also a, um, a form of self-care and a incredible celebration of ourselves as creators. So cooking is such a creative thing that we can practice and celebrate. And so something that I love is color. So I love to look at my fridge after I've gone to the grocery store. And now that I'm so into eating fresh and not eating things out of a package. So everything once I go to the store, my fridge looks gorgeous, you know, and I, I love to organize my refrigerator. So everything looks really nice and not color coordinated, but it just looks beautiful. And, um, that, makes it more of an attractive experience for me when it comes to cooking. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I really say like, I've learned so much from Kristen, your sister, and I've really learned to through the detox. I learned so much. So I detoxed for the first time in uh, January of 2023. And now I'm on the second detox. Um, I think I'm on day 10 and it's, it's really all about prioritizing yourself for two weeks, because you have to eat a lot, you have to prepare a lot of food for yourself. And for me, it's a way to reset into that intention to really put my needs at a more important level, because as we continue, you know, for the weeks after the detox happen until the next quarterly detox comes about, we get busy with things and things pile on the desk. But this is sort of a way to clear that old energy and to be able to reset in putting our frequency resonance and our vibration first. So what I noticed from the beginning of a um, detox to the end is that, you know, your resonance rises so much to which for me personally, I continued eating on the I was calling it eating radiant style. That's what I was saying to Kristen. I was eating radiant style because she calls it the radiant reset. Oh yeah. And um, I was eating radiant style for a month after the detox. I didn't, I didn't incorporate back most of the things. I mean, I don't eat sugar. I don't eat gluten. I don't drink anymore. And it's like all these different things that I just don't do in my daily life. And it's all because my frequency resonance is impacted through what I eat. So I can feel it when, you know, I decide to, say, all right, I'm going to have an ice cream or I'm going to have a couple cookies or whatever. And it's just like, I can intentionally choose to do that. But is it something that I want to go on the you know, wave of this dip that doesn't really have to happen? It's especially now that I'm working with people, there's an accountability for myself that tells me and lets me know that I have to show up for myself because I'm not just doing it for me. I'm doing it for everybody that I'm helping. And if I can stay on a higher vibration, then that means that everybody can get uplifted in a better way.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, clearly there are physical, uh, changes from the food that we eat, but like from an energy standpoint, there, there's no question that it's very energetic. And when I'm doing that detox or if I'm eating in in that way, um, the amount of clarity that I have, I mean, yeah, it's, it's such a gift that we'll, we'll bring to whatever that we're doing because it's, it's clear. It's bright. It's like, and I I try to eat that way as much as I can too. Yeah. And like you said, you know, you'll get starts and stops because life gets busy or you're just not. Yeah. It's so nice to have those resets where we can get back to really uh, feeding our body things that are they're just so nourishing.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's it's really it's really cool too to do it and with the community aspect too that. Kristen has uh, created through social media. It's just such an awesome tool that she's uh, learned to work with. And I think that uh, she does such a great job at really sharing a lot of what she's doing and getting people excited about sharing, you know, the different pictures of their food or whatever they're doing. And it's like, it's fun because there's a social aspect to it to say like, hey, guys, look what I, look what I made or whatever you'll see someone else's meal and say, Ooh, that looks good. I, I want to make that too, you know?
0: I know and, you took fantastic pictures of yours. I was like, Oh man, that looks delicious.
1: You know, the, the You had posted a, a milkshake the other day and I'm just like drooling over it. And I'm like, okay, I got to figure out how to make that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a living cookbook, like a social cookbook. That's just being, it's, it's live. And it's like, it's one of the coolest things that we get to experience at this day and age is like seeing people and, those special moments right
0: then. Mm -hmm. So cool. Yeah. Well so right now you are offering frequency work with your clients. You are in the midst of writing a book. Yes. You are still you have your business where you're you have journals, cards. Yes. I mean just a few things.
1: I know. Oh, well, I'm just actually taking on something else, which is um, starting now. I've just been hired as a like kind of contractor, but I'm working with the team of the Pearl of Door County, which is a, a crystal store that you know, just it, it highlights the metaphysical. And I've been doing frequency work sessions there for the last few months. And now I'm being hired as the um, community empowerment coordinator, which means that I'm going to be making and designing and uh, planning events, retreats, and all different kinds of fun stuff every month. And I'm so excited about this position, because it means, oh, that, that cool. yeah, it's so cool.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, right up your alley. So it, you're gonna basically design uh, the, the things for the community where people can yeah. come and do exactly what you're serving.
1: Exactly, and then it'll be fun. So I'm planning to have a retreat at my house um, the first August, the first weekend in August. So that Saturday and Sunday, I'll be doing and hosting a retreat at my house. And um, there will be more details to come. But it's it's going to be really cool because Door County is a place where a lot of people come for vacation, and it's just so gorgeous and alive during the summer. And I'm looking forward to not only getting people in the community out, but also um, inviting people from uh, anywhere to come and visit because we're we're really in a place that is like a playground for taking up space like here there's so much space because it's it's nature and the population is pretty low so it's so fun to be able to go places and it not be crowded and just to be able to be in a group and do different kinds of meditations or just healing work and stuff outside is just so special. So I'm looking forward to it. And I think that we can really use the four seasons. I love um, being a California girl and now living in Wisconsin. I absolutely love everything that I learned from living in four seasons. It's there's something magical to unpack about ourselves and about nature every time
0: for sure. And there's nothing like the giddiness that comes with spring when it starts to get warm out again and uh, lighter out later you just see everybody coming out again and it's like we've all
1: cool i mean it's awesome and even i mean winter has its has its pockets and magical moments of of solitude that when i grew up in san diego it's like lived in san diego forever it's like you're always on the go and so covid was like the first time that it was like i was really hunkered down but now i experience that in winter that's not you know it was very foreign to me at the time then but now it's something that I celebrate and I get so excited to kind of be in a place where I can go inside or go on my walks. And, you know, you don't really don't see another soul for you know an hour when you're walking. Around.
0: That's a cool perspective. So for Minnesota's, Wisconsiners, Midwesterners, yeah. Minnesota winters, or I mean, Midwestern winters, yeah. or yeah, they're, There's a lot of beauty in it for sure.
1: I think that there's something to be said about like, you know, I really moved out of my comfort zone and that's, that's one of the things that I did by moving intentionally, you know, from the place where I knew everything and everything was accessible to me to moving to a place that, um, is totally different and weather wise and culture wise. And it's like, I chose this and that is also empowering and recognizing that like, I have the power to choose to be in my Comfort zone or to be out of my comfort zone. And sometimes I'm going to choose to be out of my comfort zone because I know that there's going to be something really badass on the other side.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, what a great way to wrap up here, too, is one of the takeaways I hope that people have really heard you today is to constantly be pushing themselves out of their comfort zone and the, the growth that comes with it. Any other lasting thoughts you want to leave with?
1: Yes. So we really are designing our lives like in every aspect and every choice that we make. And I think that as we start to reflect on and recognize the choices that we're making moment by moment, that we're building a life, we're expressing ourselves in a way that really build a life. And we all have such an impactful and unique, what I would call signature frequency. And I call it a signature frequency because it's like, Like you practice your signature when you're a kid. And I used to practice my signature over and over and over. Daniela Garcia, Daniela Garcia, write it, write it. And, you know, if you're practicing your your signature, your frequency, it's sort of like nobody can copy that once you get it down. And there's something so special about becoming a unique and original individual. And we all have the capacity to do that. It's just about uh, being able to take some space from the outside world and connect really deeply with ourselves and
0: with our own magic, absolutely beautiful. I love that. Thank you for that. Yes, I yeah. I hope it. I hope this encourages people to to go inward to realize. Yeah, we all have our own signature frequency, as you put it, and we really all have a, a purpose here to fulfill that nobody else can fulfill in the way that we can. No. Each individual has their own purpose. So I really hope people that uh, hear that and, and receive that today because it really is true.
1: So I want to ask you a question and yeah. um, what is it that you do in your life? Like, you know, one of the things that the a way that you express yourself, that you just, that makes you really happy and that brings joy and that you feel like is totally unique to you.
0: Great question. I think there are two. One is more, well, they're both very much in connection, but One is, has always been writing and it's always been very cathartic to me, but if I write something that resonates with people and they take the time to reach out to me to say like that I needed this today, or that really spoke to me, and then it builds further connection that lights my soul on fire. Like there's no greater compliment to me than just that my ways of expressing myself are reaching people. So there's that, and then the other thing I think is that I I hold space for people, mm. and when I think about my life and the ways in which I've shown up for friends, and in my teaching career, and in publishing, and now with this podcast, that's really at the essence of what I'm doing is I'm I'm holding space and I'm genuinely curious and like supportive of the people that I'm interacting with, and that to me, is just very much the essence of who I am.
1: Love that. And and I really, really sense that from you featuring your spotlighting me today because it's like you are setting the stage for people to come on and tell their stories. And I, I just, I totally feel to- so lit up and so honored to be here. And it's so cool to get to know you and just jive with your curiosity about, you know, hearing the stories of other people, mine included, and it's just like, thank you for showing up in that way and for just, for just doing it. I mean, and that's, that's what you're doing. You, you had a dream like, oh, you know, it'd be cool. I love, I love, you know, really getting to know people. What if I recorded that and put it out there? And it's like, you had to go through a series of things to make the choices, to be empowered enough to say, you know what, I'm going to make this happen. And that, that teaches us that anybody can anything it's just about taking those action steps
0: oh thank you for that that's so sweet
1: you're so awesome i'm so happy that i came on it. i just I, I look forward to meeting you in person sometime soon
0: i do too and uh we're not that far away so we're gonna I make it you, yeah yeah
1: well, we'll, we'll uh we'll chat over the next you know few weeks in the summer we can we can make a plan i've never been to minneapolis i would love to go out there so um
0: yeah so fun. And I've never been to Door County, which I know is absolutely gorgeous and such a great spot for families to go in the summer, too. So oh, yeah. There's
1: so much to do here. And it's so beautiful. It just it has this. I mean, this frequency that is so beautiful of like a picturesque, really, really like the vibration here is really cool. And the, the, if I talk about the frequency of Door County, I, I love it because it resets. And through the different seasons, it really, really uses Mother Nature and the planets uh, like pulse to just reset itself all the time. So it's a place that is very, very clear. And there are pockets here of very high frequency energy. And um, also these really just these really cool areas that you can go and feel connected to, but also that that just give you that timeless experience of sharing good times. And that's available everywhere here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We'll absolutely come. To for her. What is the best way for people to connect with you? And I'll, I'll put this in the show notes as well, but.
1: Okay, perfect. So the, the best way to connect with me is probably to email me. It's Daniela at amadorcollective.com. And that's A-M-A-D-O-R collective. And um, also just on my website, amadorcollective.com, I have information regarding my sessions. You can also follow me on Instagram and on TikTok. I'm sharing, I share different videos on Instagram and TikTok, just to give a little bit more of a diversity to the content that I'm sharing. And so you'll you'll see some different sides of me on both Instagram and TikTok. And that is uh, amadorcollective on Instagram and Daniela loves life on TikTok.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Uh, I can't express enough what a beautiful soul you are. And it was so wonderful connecting with you today. So thank you for taking the time. I really appreciate it.
1: Oh, I, you're so welcome. And then now next time I want to interview you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Okay. <laughs> cool. Oh, I love it. This was so fun, Lindsay. Thank you. Thank fun. you. Thank you for reaching out. This is just yeah. a total good time, so thank you. Yeah,
0: same. Yeah, it's uh I just feel brighter. It's going to be the best day. So I appreciate being awesome. in energy.
1: I, I, I agree. It is going to be the best day. And it's just like, it just rolls out that way. You know, once you kind of get reset in that space and there, there's really something to be said about connecting with people, there yes. is something about yes, going inward, but I feel like I've been going inward for years. And now I'm at this turning point where it's like, it's really about connecting with other people and sharing that vibrance with others. And that's, where I'm at on this journey, um, sharing frequency work. And that's why it's so exciting because it's really like, I'm ready to go out in the world and connect with people and share that vibe instead of just, you know, being in monk mode and, you know, keeping it to myself.
0: Right. Yeah. It's like that part is important to come first to calibrate yourself. And then when your vibes are high, like really oh. out and share it.
1: You do. And it's so cool. Just like the the impact and the things that we create, it's just like, whoa, that was cool. And that's cool. It's like every person I meet now is like, awesome.
0: Yeah, it's totally.
1: It's so crazy. Yeah. It's so different, you know, from probably five years ago for me, it's just like, wow, my life is so different. And I mean, I was always a positive person and everything. And I always, you know, just worked on myself and that, that but I think that I learned how to not try so much and just kind of let things happen.
0: For sure. It, it just speaks to what you put out comes back. And, and and when you're really conscious of that, how beautiful life can be.
1: For sure. Oh, you're so incredible.
0: You too. This was so fun, honey.
1: Yeah, it really was. I'll see you soon. I, I want to keep in touch. I'll, I'll yeah. DM you.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Sounds good. Okay.
1: Talk to you later. Have the best day. You too. Bye, Lynn.
0: Bye-bye.